here we are, episode one of Youth Ministry with Tyshawn Rowland. I'm not going to lie, guys. I wanted to start this podcast like four months ago. That's right, Daniel. Like four months ago, we were in this exact room, and I was actually over here in the corner, and I was so uncomfortable in front of the camera, but now I'm a little bit more comfortable. I've lost some weight. I'm skinny. Holla at your boy. It's not about the fact that I've lost over 60 pounds, but hey. I have. okay, And so I'm excited to put this podcast together. The reason I decided to do it, and I know there's a lot of podcasts out there. Shout out to all the podcasters. Um, I know this is not going to be a Tim Ross podcast, but I pray for that type of blessing because this man overnight has gone from zero to 200,000 subscribers. Go subscribe to him. Make sure you subscribe here too. But man, um, I'm going to steal some of his content and bring him here um, because it's just that good. And But I know there's a lot of people that are wondering, do we need another podcast? And I don't know if we do, but I do know that we need a place for youth pastors and youth directors and people who are growing in youth ministry to go to. And I feel like I've had a lot of experience in youth ministry and I would love to help. I know for some people, the best way is coming out there and preaching at your youth ministry or doing camps and things like that, which I, of course, do. But I think having a place that you can go and just listen to maybe once a week, once a month, I don't know how often I'm going to be doing this. I think this would be very, very helpful. So I decided to start. Now, every episode is going to start off with a book recommendation. The book recommendation that I will recommend will be a book that's really helped me and shaped me. Now, this is something you got to know about me. My name is Tyshawn Rowland, and I am an Enneagram 5 wing 4. Some people think I'm an 8. I'm not an 8. Some people think I'm a 7. I'm not a 7. I'm a 5 wing 4. I'm an introvert, really. I enjoy reading. I enjoy learning. But um, I also enjoy my calling, and my calling has required me to be uh, around people a lot, and so I've learned how to do it. But I enjoy reading, and if there's anything that you need to know about me is that I love deconstructing, not religion. I love deconstructing success. Like I love thinking about how did that happen? How did this person acquire that wealth? How did this person build said church? How did this person, you know, XYZ. This book, Outliers, helps feed that fascination. It's so, so helpful. Um, It not just talks about why the successful, um, how they got successful, but it explains why they got successful. It explains really the window of opportunity in the certain circumstances they were surrounded in that really brought the success they experienced. And this has helped me understand that everywhere I go, there's a window. There's a window in time of opportunity. There's a certain set of circumstances that may give me a certain level of opportunity. And if you want to be a person that takes advantage of the everyday opportunities that you have at your church and your youth ministry or just wherever God has placed you, you need to get this book. Outliers is a great recommendation. Now we're going to talk about my heart towards youth ministry and my experience towards youth ministry. Let's say the hands and heart of youth ministry with Tyshawn Rowland. Okay. So it started off with me being 12 years old, my mom getting a phone call from this woman named Ginger. I have shared this story, by the way, in so many youth ministries and so many youth camps, like I've cried a lot because this is my story. I was 12 years old, this woman named Ginger Lee, who was a part of our church, called my mom and told her that she was going to pay my way to go to youth camp. It was $90. My mom was a single mother taking care of two kids. She didn't have an extra $90 just to give away for her son to go to a youth camp. But this woman named Ginger saw something in me and she sponsored me to go to youth camp. I've been emotional about sponsorships ever since this story, because every now and again, I think back that it was $90. That $90 investment created a youth 
uh, a young evangelist, you know, who would have thought that that $90 would create that? And I think that was the vehicle by which God has done a lot of great things in my life. I was 12 years old. I remember Miss Ginger, she pulled me aside right before I went on the van and I said the famous story. She said, Jesus, repeat after me, Ty. I said, okay, Miss Ginger. She said, Jesus. I said, Jesus, if you speak, if you speak, I will listen. I will listen. I remember going up to the church camp the first night. I'm gonna be honest. I'm just gonna be honest because I can't lie. I didn't feel nothing, okay? He pulled out all the stops. He did everything, Daniel. He's laughing behind the camera, but you know, you we've all had those nights where you're like, everyone's gonna get touched. And there's those kids in the back, they're like, nah, bro, like I'm just not feeling it. I was that kid. I remember in between the first session, because there was three sessions the second day, in between the first session and the second session, I was like, Miss Ginger wasted her money. She really did waste her money. I felt bad for her. I was like, man, I'm gonna have to come up with a fake story. But listen, this is what happened. The last night of camp, this preacher from Seattle preached a message. I was in the back of the room. There wasn't even a hundred kids. And I remember at the end of the service, he prophesied over me. He brought me up at 12 years old, looked me in the eye. He said, the hand of God is on you. And he began to say things in me to me that a lot of people said before, but I believed it for the first time. And when I left that camp experience, I was different. I really was. I was convicted. I remember feeling like God had a plan for my life. I remember reading my Bible. I remember enjoying church. I remember just wishing that God would use me to be a preacher. Who who hopes for that at 12 years old? Nobody. But I was finding myself watching T.D. Jakes. I was finding myself watching Jensen Franklin, finding myself watching Stephen Furtick, Judah Smith, all these people. I just remember just watching it, and I couldn't help but to believe that maybe one day God would use me. Now, as you listen to this podcast, you probably know that, man, Tashan, you're traveling around the world. You're doing the very thing he said. I know. And it started at a youth camp. 12 years old. So I love youth camps. I love youth ministries. The room was a room of 100 kids. So it doesn't matter if your youth ministry is a youth ministry of thousands or if your youth ministry is a youth ministry of a few. It doesn't matter simply because when God grabs a hold of one of those people in that youth ministry, you never know what God is going to produce. Now I want to talk about my experience in youth ministry. And it actually started right after I had my camp experience. I was 12 years old. I remember Justin Foster, that was his name, Justin Foster said, Tyshawn, I want you to share about your experience that you had at youth camp. Mom dropped me off at a small group and it was about three interns and about four other students there. And I remembered, I didn't share my testimony, y'all. I preached, okay? I preached. It was fire too. It wasn't fire, but I remember it was my first time sharing in front of a group of young people. And I just want to encourage every youth pastor, we need to give our young people opportunities to share. This is not going to be what I'm going to talk about. There, There will be a lesson. There will be a principle on that. But I will tell you that a lot of things that have happened in my life at a young age is not because God grabbed me at 25 and said, let me start using Tyshawn as a youth pastor. It was because God gripped me at 12 years old. And then a youth pastor and a youth leader allowed me to tell my story. So I was 12 years old the first time I shared. Now I was 14 years old the first time I ever grabbed a microphone. And that's because when we had a youth takeover weekend, they again allowed a 14 year old to grab the microphone, which then made me very comfortable. And so even when I was 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, I was really involved with youth ministry. All those opportunities to do news, I did that. All those opportunities to be behind the camera, in front of the camera, I did that. All the opportunities to play the games, to go to the camps, to go to the conferences, I was a fully invested young person. Was I even at school? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I was living a double life. You're supposed to. You're, you're going to youth group. That's why, that's why you go to the altar every week, okay? But did I love youth group? Absolutely. It was my favorite part. Now, I um, became an intern when I was 17 years old, and I remembered all the interns had to be involved with youth ministry. This is where my experience starts. I want to let you know that my youth pastor, now he's known as Jabin Chavez. He travels and he goes around the world, but at first... He was just Jabin to me. It started off like that. Now, now I put a pastor in front of his name. I put respect on his name, but he was my youth pastor and I was one of his interns. And so Jabin Chavez, as God began to use him under Pastor Benny Perez at the Church LV, I began to learn a lot about youth ministry, whether that was how to set up, how to plan a big invite night, how to plan a camp, all those things as an intern, I was right there. I was going to pick up the food. I was in the driver's seat on the way to camp. I was a person taking out the demonic kids that claim to have a demon like Daniel Stango behind the, the camera. I was there. I did all the youth ministry things and I loved it. I remember a few years after God took Jabin to travel and be do other things, Daniel Fernandez came and be a part of the church LV. And then he became my youth pastor. He taught me a lot about discipleship. I began to see God do a lot of incredible things through small groups, actually through leading a lot of people. Daniel Stango, who's my employee, started off because I was a small group leader. I remember when Daniel Fernandez came to the church LV, he taught all of this, all of us, the principle of discipleship. It's not just about what you build is who you're building with and who you're building it for. And you had to grab a young person. I remember there was a point where everyone in the youth ministry would say, this is who my leader is. And it got a little weird. I won't lie. There came a point where Daniel Stango would walk up to me and say, you're my leader. I'm like, bro, I'm not even a pastor. Okay. And it was getting kind of weird, but the principle of understanding that there was someone right there for Daniel, if you ever needed me, that was something I learned in that season. Now I'm going to tell you what God did in my life. I left the church LV in Las Vegas and God moved me to North Carolina. I was a part of this crazy church, you know the church, Ella Church. Now, when I was there, I wasn't on staff for youth ministry. I didn't do anything as far as like work on it hands on, but I was a volunteer for it. I would work on campus and anything they needed me to do as an intern, as a staff member, eventually I would help when it came to other youth events. Now, when I got hired at Elevation Church, what was so interesting is that I remember being frustrated because I wanted to be a youth pastor, but God hired me. God had a better plan. And he said, we're going to make you a guest experience director at Elevation church, which means that every time there was a youth event at the campus, I had to be somebody that helped it from a guest experience standpoint. Where are the kids going to go? Let's make sure the kids are safe. Let's make sure everything's accounted for. Let's make sure that everyone's in their place. Let's make sure registration is good. Let's make sure this is set up for that room. I didn't get anything. I didn't get this. I didn't get the stage at all. There was one time I got to be on stage and that was to bring uh, uh, um it was like to bring an illustration out. That was my moment, handing a mop bucket to Zach Crawford. That was the highlight of my uh, season as a youth pastor or a youth, um, just a youth experience at Elevation. But everything I learned was from behind the scenes to help the youth director do what God was calling them to do. I do remember being frustrated in this season, but I will tell you that season right there is really what helped me be a good youth pastor. After I transitioned off to Elevation Church, I went to be a youth pastor for Pastor Jensen Franklin at Free Chapel. And it was an adventure 
of a lifetime. And I remember as soon as I became the youth pastor, I saw God grow the youth ministry. I really can't tell you how it happened, but I will tell you this, that we saw God grow the youth ministry by the hundreds. I remember that we took over 500, 506 kids to a youth camp that year. And it was something insane. We never, they never saw it before. I never been a part of anything like that before. But one of the things that was sustaining, sustaining a lot of the growth in the youth ministry were principles that I learned as a guest experience director at Elevation Church. Now, when I left Free Chapel, God brought me to Jacksonville where I got to be the youth pastor for Pastor Tim Timberlake at Celebration Church. We produced a youth conference called Future Conference. We saw God do some incredible things through a middle school ministry, and we saw God really do incredible things, not just in the youth ministry that I was presently over at the main location, but at all the other surrounding locations and all the other campuses I got to be a part of. And from there, when God released me from that assignment, he put me as an evangelist, and now primarily I go around around the world speaking to youth pastors, youth ministries all over. Sometimes I'll stand on stages that have thousands of young people. Sometimes I'll stand on stages that have 50 young people. Listen, I don't care how much it is. If you want to book me, you can go ahead to TyshawnRowan.com slash book and holler at your boy. Notice how I said that from hundreds to thousands, tens of thousands, if you want to. But I have been a part of youth ministry for so long. So my experience in it is from all different vantage points. If you're an intern, I get it. Okay, if you're a youth director at a small campus, I get it. If you're a youth pastor over a mega church and you have multiple campuses and you have a big budget, I get it. And if you're a youth pastor and you're just trying to do what you can with what you got, believe me, I've been there before. That's why I want to do my best to help you in what you're doing week to week. I think we all need a place and a space to go to that's going to help us out. And I really do believe this podcast is going to help you. Now, every time I teach something, I'm going to go to the Bible. And this is why. Because I believe a lot of youth pastors in our aim to be great leaders and in our aim to build something phenomenal, we pull on principles that are from great leaders, but they're not necessarily biblical. I just want to tell you something. If you're in youth ministry and you're just starting out, pull all your principles from the Bible. Pull everything you do from the Bible. Because if you're a youth pastor, you're probably just now starting off. Now, I know there's some people that are probably really seasoned, but I just want to say this. If you're just starting off, get Get to know the Bible. Get to know the principles that are carried in Proverbs. Get to know the principles that are carried in the parables. Get to know the principles of the lives of those in the Old Testament and see how you can see that in the reality of your, your leadership. I think Gary Vee's great. I think all these other leaders are phenomenal, but I think the Bible still works. I think those principles are still true. And I think as youth pastors, we have to pull from the word of God. I will tell you this, that every time I try to enforce something that is not biblical, I find myself frustrated and I find leaders leaving. And so I just want to encourage you. I, if you're going to build, build with the word of God. And so I want us to go to Mark chapter three. And in my insecurity, I'm going to tell you this, this is a new Bible. I lost it. And then I found it like three or four months later. And there's not a lot of things highlighted. That doesn't mean I don't read this word. Okay. I read it. So if you're one of those people like me, that when you watch videos like this, you're like, that's not even highlighted. I'd be reading my Bible. I promise. Okay. I want us to go to Mark chapter three. I'm going to read a few verses and I want to talk about something that is so important when it comes to youth ministry. I, I prayed about what I should share first. And out of all the things that I want to share, not on communication, not on how to grow your leadership, not on how to build a conference, not how to build your leadership team, not anything like that. I wanted to share on the most important thing, and it is found in Mark chapter 3, verse 22 to 25. And it says, And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, 
He is possessed by Beelzebub, the prince of demons. He casts out the demons and he called them to him. And he said to them in parables, how can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom divided against himself, that kingdom cannot stand. And a house divided against itself, that will not be able to stand. Okay, I want to talk about something that's really, really important. And I want to talk about something that we hear our senior pastors talk about. We see it on our Instagram reels. We hear it here and there at a conference. But I want to talk about division as a youth pastor. I think... If you're a youth pastor, you need to be one living a life full of prayer and you need to be praying. You need to pray big and you need to pray expansive. You need to pray faith prayers. You need to pray that God will increase you, increase your wisdom, increase your revelation, increase your capacity. You need to pray that God blesses your leaders. You need to pray that God will grow the ministry. But there is something. OK. There is something that if you're a youth pastor, you should not be praying for. You should not be praying for vision. The vision does not come from God to you. It comes from your senior pastor. And I've seen a lot of youth pastors very, very frustrated in their job. I know you're like, I thought he was going to talk about strategy. Believe me, I know I thought I was too. But to be quite honest, the one thing that I see a lot of youth pastors and youth ministers struggle with is staying submitted to the vision of the house. I think somewhere along the way, we got we've gotten very ambitious and I get it. I really understand being a person of ambition. I'm a person that I want to see God do some incredible things in my life. I don't wake up in the morning saying, God, I want to barely make it. I want to take advantage of every minute of every moment of every opportunity. That is who I am. I've always been like that. And I know a lot of youth pastors in some way, shape or form, you may, you may not be aggressive, but you may want to see God do some incredible things in your life. I can understand that. But I think with that ambition, it could cause us to start wanting to build something outside of what we've been asked to build. I've, I've had youth pastors call me all the time. I'll go traveled and I'll, and I'll check out the youth ministry. I'll check out the church. This happens with me and my wife. We'll show up to the church and we're like, this is a phenomenal church. Oh my gosh, this is great. This ministry is spectacular. Oh my God, look at this. And, we, and we're walking through, we're seeing the facility, we're meeting the leaders, and then we get to experience the youth ministry. I'll preach and I will sense God moving in the place. And then my favorite part is not even just the altar and the sermons. Those are great, but that's really God using us. My favorite part is hanging out after. Ain't nothing like the good green room hangs, the good dinners, and you go and you get to break bread and talk to one another. And sometimes it breaks my heart when I'm sitting down with a youth pastor that's at a great church that's doing a great work and I see God doing a phenomenal thing in front of them and as soon as I sit down that I see that they're frustrated not because God is moving but because they feel like their senior pastor has got it wrong now if you're watching this that could be you I think we all get there where we feel like our senior pastor got it wrong. So now I need to get vision for the youth ministry. And the vision I have for the youth ministry is actually the vision for the church. I literally had a youth pastor call me this one day and he said, man, what I'm doing with the youth ministry and granted his youth ministry was like 200. The church is like multiplied thousands, the youth ministry, 200. And he was like, what I'm doing with the small groups, the whole church needs to do this. They really need to adopt my vision. I'm like, your vision? When, when did it become your vision? When did, when did this become what you want to do? 
I think we get frustrated sometimes because we have an idea that we get married to, and then we get mad when they tell us to do what our job description says. And I've learned this, that your job will be way easier if you just get in the line of the vision of the house. I want to tell this to every youth pastor. If you want to make your senior pastor happy, stay within the vision. If you want to create less frustration or less anxiety or less wondering, am I building what they're asking me to building? Stay within the vision. Well, Tyshawn, they haven't got, gave me a vision. Did you ask for it? Have you asked a question? Have you asked, man, how can I, what kind of youth ministry do you want? I just want to encourage you, like, even if you're listening and you're saying, what can I do to ensure that I'm staying within the vision of the house? Ask. Don't assume. Ask. I remember um, when I became the youth pastor for Pastor Jensen Franklin, okay? I'm just going to talk about this. This was 2019. My wife's in here. Daniel's in here. I'm just going to be honest, y'all. It was a moment. This is the moment I've been waiting for. Since 12 years old, gingerly anointed, here is the beginning. And I remember thinking to myself, all the things I was going to do, all the ways I was going to reach. I, I did what we all do. We seek the Lord, aka I went to YouTube, and I started consuming all this youth ministry content. And somebody got up, a great youth pastor. He's still a youth pastor. I still value his wisdom. Them, but he said something. He's like, you need to get a vision for your youth ministry. And I was like, pass. You're right. I need to get a vision. So you know what I began to do? I began to pray. God, give me a vision. Give me a vision, Lord. What is the vision? You know what I need? You know what every vision needs? A vision statement. Mm-hmm. So I needed a vision statement. So my first week, I was kind of pacing, praying, and I went to meet with my executive pastor, not my executive pastor, who the executive pastor for the church was, Pastor Tracy Page. I asked if I could meet with him. I said, Pastor Tracy, I believe the Lord gave me a vision. Hey, no, 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 stop. <laughs> no, Pastor Tracy, listen, I need, no, no, Tyshawn, before you go further, I'm not lying. He cut me off. Oh, you don't need to pray for a vision. I don't want to burden you with that. This is the vision for the church. Inspire people to live for Jesus. That's not what God told me, Tracy. What God told me, no, 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 no. What God told you, Ty, is what God told pastor. So the vision for the youth ministry is I got it. I'm really creative to inspire young people to live for Jesus. I remember walking out of the office just being like, well, I guess that's the vision. And from there, it was so easy to know what to do because anything that didn't fit in the vision for inspiring young people to live for Jesus, it was something that I knew I wasn't allowed to do. From day one, it was very easy for me to be a youth pastor at both churches, at Celebration Church and at Free Chapel, simply because I never tried to create a new vision. There's a lot of youth pastors that you're creating another vision which is division, and when you decide to make another vision, you decide to be against the vision of the church. And when you're against the vision of the church, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get frustrated because now you feel like God has ordained this incredible thing that you've committed to. You shared it with your wife during Pillow Talk. You told your leaders what you feel like God showed you when you went to that conference down the street. And now that you came back and you feel like you got to do X, Y, and Z. And, but here's the problem. The executive team and the senior pastor can't get behind what God showed you. So now you're mad because they're not building your vision. 
And because they're not building your vision, they're trying to dumb down the gift on you. And because they're trying to dumb down the gift on you, now you got to say, I think I should leave this church because this church is not. No, 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 no. You have a vision problem. As a youth pastor, you're not called to change the vision. You're called to add to the vision. You're called to add to whatever the pastor has called you to add with. Don't change it. Just add to it. Hey, pastor, inspire people to live for Jesus. You know what I'm going to add to it? Inspire young people to live for Jesus. And anything I'm going to do is going to build the vision that you already have for this house because I know the vision you have for this house. It's interesting that when Jesus is talking about a kingdom, he says a kingdom divided against himself. Oftentimes, I think churches aren't taking ground because the youth pastor is dividing the team. I have felt tempted when I watch all these youth ministries and I go to all these youth conferences. I felt tempted every time I went back home to divide the vision because I saw what God was doing at Elevation Church and I wanted it to happen in my youth ministry because I saw what God was doing at Gateway and I wanted it to happen in my youth ministry. Because I saw this youth pastor moving in the spirit, laying hands. But you know your pastor don't lay hands. You know that's not how you guys do it. But now you're frustrated because you got vision from the outside and you're trying to bring something on the inside. And vision doesn't work down up. It works top down. And I want to set a youth pastor free right now. If you've just started, let me give you the most important advice. Go ask your senior pastor or executive pastor the vision for the youth ministry. Because once you get that, you are allowed to run as fast as you can because you know you're running for the team. You're not starting your own thing. I was never starting my own thing when I was a youth pastor. I can honestly say I was never doing that. You know why? Because I always got clarity from my top down. Hey, is this the way you want youth ministry? I remember the youth pastors that I would watch. I'm just going to give you an example for this. The youth pastors that I would watch growing up preach like 45 to 55 minutes. When I was growing up, I always prepared to preach sermons about 45 to 55 minutes. That was the vision I had for me as a preacher. And I want you to know that I had this vision from 12 years old to 25. For 13 years, when it came to preaching, I thought I'm going to have 45 minutes to 55 to preach to young people. Because the sermons that I would hear from all the preachers that I listened to were about that time. I'm going to be honest. If you if you go look up a old rich junior message, about 45 minutes, Judah Smith, you go, you go, you going to get about an hour and a half. Even I remember when Pastor Jabin was preaching. It was good when minute 47 happened. The piano in the background were going up to the altar. As soon as I got to Free Chapel, Tracy Page, my executive pastor, said the vision for this youth ministry is that your sermons will be done in 30 minutes. That is 15 to 20 minutes less, 15 to 25 minutes less that I thought I was going to have. But when I realized that, hey, Tyshawn, you didn't sign up to work for your vision. You signed up to work for theirs. So you have to do the vision of the house. This is this is how you know you're building a youth ministry that is similar to the vision of the house. Your services look like the church services. If your services are so different from Sunday, you're building something different. If your leaders like the way that you do it and not the way that the senior pastors do it, you're building another vision. The way that I preach, you know, it was interesting. And again, I'm just giving you practical examples because I really want you to chew on the things that I'm saying. The church that I was working for before I was at Free Chapel was for Elevation Church. 
Every weekend, I saw Pastor Stephen Furtick get up in the way that this man preached and communicated. It was out of this world. This man was strong. Just you, you know it, especially when he gets going, you could just feel it. And I remember when I went to be the youth pastor at Free Chapel, that's not the sound of Pastor Jensen, though that was a great sound and that was a previous sound. I had a decision to make. Am I going to preach and sound like my senior pastor that I'm under or am I going to sound like the senior pastor that I'm listening to that I used to be a part of? What's the vision of the house, Tyshawn? The vision is to sound like the pastor that I'm under currently. I want to set anybody here free. You may have tension with your senior pastor right now because you're building another vision that your senior pastor hasn't asked you to do. And you're saying, well, I feel like I deserve to build this. I feel like I deserve to lead like this. Well, I want to remind you where your paycheck comes from. It doesn't come from those young people that are coming every Wednesday night. It really, really doesn't. Well, you know what? We do speed the light. Well, speed the light is crazy. So even for those that do speed the light, I want you to know that you're not getting paid by that. You're getting paid by a church. And you got paid to be on a team. You didn't get paid to be a superstar. And so I want to encourage you, don't be demonic and build another vision. Because when you make the decision as a youth pastor, I believe you invite frustration and anything that's frustrating can be demonic in nature. And so I want to encourage you, build a vision, build a youth ministry with the vision and the values of your senior pastor, not the vision and the values of your favorite pastor, not the vision and the values of the other pastor, the vision and the values of your senior pastor. And you're saying, Tyshawn, I don't know what that is. This is the perfect time to find out what it is. You were in the beginning of the year. I want you to go meet with your pastor. Before you meet with your core team, before you meet with your youth staff, before you put anything out on social media, go sit down with your executive pastor. Sit down with your senior pastor and say, this is what I feel that God is speaking to me. What do you feel, pastor? Oh, you don't feel like we should meet like that? Then we won't meet like that. Oh, you don't feel like we should do this? And they may cut it. And it may hurt, but it's okay because now you know that you're in alignment. And when you're in alignment and you're on assignment, multiplication happens. Favor falls. I'm, I'm not lying. For any youth pastor right now that you feel like it's hard between you and your upline, if you build the vision and you build the thing they're telling you to build, you will have multiplication and you will have favor because they will know that this youth pastor is not here to be a superstar. He's not building a youth ministry, a youth ministry to impress his friends on Instagram. He's building a youth ministry to impact the parents that are going to this church, to impact the teenagers that God is entrusting us, to impact the school that God has put in our dominion. That is why he's here. He's a person that is a team builder. He's a person that's a team player. When you're a person that builds your own vision, it's hard to trust you. It's hard to give to you. It's hard to build on you because we don't know what you're doing. When you're committed to the vision of your heart and not the vision of the house, it's hard to promote you. It's hard to put you in front of the church because we don't even know what you're going to say. Are you going to build the vision and the values of the house or the vision and the values of Gary Vanderchuk? What are you going to do? Well, Tyshawn, I thought, no, 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 no. You thought wrong, and it's okay to think wrong, and it's okay to misstep as a youth pastor. It's okay to misstep as a youth director. I've made so many mistakes, but I will tell you this. As quickly as I make the mistake, when I know that I'm in the wrong, I do my best to course correct. 
I want to encourage any youth pastor and youth director right now to course correct. I know that if you if you don't course correct, you will get more frustrated because you'll feel like they're not for you. You'll feel like you'll start saying stuff like this. My senior pastor is my Saul. Let me just fix this for anybody who feels that your senior pastor is your Saul. Okay, one that's laughable. It's laugh. It's it's actually I'm going to come out and I'm going to say this. It's laughable. You sound silly. Silly rabbit. Saul's for kids. Silly rabbit. For anyone that you really think your senior pastors are against you, he pays you. She pays you. Now, well, they don't pay me enough. You get paid by the sacrifice of the tithe to sit down and dream big and to impact students and to use your gift and build the house and impact schools and build leaders. And you think they're trying to kill you? Do you know the story of Saul was about literal spears? It wasn't about your youth, your senior pastor not liking your post or reposting your little stupid little sermon clips. We have to understand that once you decide to call your senior pastor Saul, they will become that. They will become that because now you're running your mouth. And I'm just listen, this this podcast is not here to get me engagements. It's here to grow your youth ministry. It's here to make you happy. It's here to bless you. I really want to set you free because if you feel the freedom to sit down at home and to tell this to your wife, listen, I remember the one time I tried to come to Victoria and talk bad about leadership. She stared at me and my wife is like 5'3". How tall are you, babe? 5'3"? Five, 5'3", three? Five, three, Hispanic. She looked at me like, you, I'm not even going to participate in this conversation. We honor and I was like, you, you, you right. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. Oh, I was thinking that this ministry was about me. I was thinking that those comments on that Instagram clip really meant something. I was thinking that my few engagements at a few places, getting handed a few checks, thought that I could be and I could lead the church. I was, I was thinking higher of myself than I ought to. But thank God I have a friend and my wife. And thank God you got a friend in Tyshawn to look at you and say, hey, your senior pastor is not your Saul. You're a senior pastor and you got hired to build the vision. You got hired to build the team. And so I want to encourage you. My one piece of advice. How do I apply this great number one episode that Tyshawn Rowland just dropped? And I'm going to like subscribe and, and post on Instagram story and tweet and do all that stuff. What is the way to apply this? Set up a meeting, set up a meeting with your upline and say, hey, I was listening to this podcast and God started speaking to me, and I just want to make sure as we start the new year that I'm actually building the vision that you asked me to build. I don't want to change. I don't want to divide the house. I want to build the house. I want to be a person worthy of promotion. I want to be able to know that my pastor can trust everything that comes out of my mouth because I'm not trying to create another vision or be divided or be demonic. I'm trying to build up and keep this thing going for the next generation. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to honor and I want to be a person of honor. So help me honor my pastor in helping me making sure that I'm building a vision, building a youth ministry that he's asking me to build. And before you go, I want you to subscribe, like, and comment. And if you feel that anything I'm saying is resonating and you're like, hey, Tyshawn, I want to know if you have more courses or more content, I want you to follow everything that's in my bio, my bio below and make sure that you send this to someone. And I will see you next week.